listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Daniel Mateo joining us in the studio. Welcome back, Daniel. G'day, Jason. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Yeah, good. That's good. It's a beautiful day down here. Sun is shining. The skies are blue. I'm wearing a T-shirt and feeling good. I'm wearing a T-shirt as well. uh, Spring has sprung. But uh, the secret is that we've got a, a, a heater behind us. <laughs> so, but it is starting to warm up down well, here. I didn't Desi. take a jacket off when I came inside. I, I was I wasn't wearing one outside either. It's look, it's cool outside, but it's sunny and it's bearable. Yeah. And uh, and I, I believe that spring has sprung here in Tassie. It's finally. What's it, what are we looking at here? What is it like? August, halfway yeah, through August, September. We're in oh, now. September, yeah. September. Goodness me, the <laughs> year's going quick. Spring started two weeks ago. Yeah, well, that it's finally got where it's it's bearable to be outside with the t-shirt just mm. so hopefully that's uh, that means we're gonna have a nice summer yeah mm. i think so now uh daniel will be continuing our program or our series facets of faith today but uh just to start us off I'm just wondering you, you served in the army previously uh, in your life and uh, you've shared that with us before. I'm wondering if while you were serving, um, I'm imagining you travelled to different places, did you come across people who had a very different understanding of God to what we understand? You're talking about uh, people from the countries maybe that I was working in, or you're talking about like other soldiers? Uh, either way, <laughs> yeah. But but I'm, I guess I'm thinking more of the people from other countries. But yeah. yeah, it could be either way. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I, this is a broad generalization, but I would say that um, in places with either a history of colonialism or religious conquest in some way, um, there tends to be a little bit of um. A little, a little bit of sort of contradictory religious ideas in place. Often um, a, a people group will have their own cultural beliefs and practices um, linked to, you know, tribal societies and so forth, you know, maybe beliefs about gods or spirits or ancestors and different practices associated with that. And then if, uh, if, a, if a power comes in with an organized religion or, a, you know, and they, they enforce that, um, that they will tend to adopt that on top of that as well. And so... Um, what you often find is that people hold these these two ideas in tension. They have the idea of uh, of their everyday kind of interactions with the spirit world, and then they also think about uh, the the great God. And <clears throat> often their view of God is that he's very far removed uh, from their lives; that he doesn't care so much about their day to day. And uh, he, he's powerful. You know, he may be good. Uh, but uh, but he doesn't really want to have anything to do with us. That's mm. that's kind of the general um, the general impression that I get from uh, from societies that have that sort of history. Yeah, interesting, mm. interesting. Which has to do with what we're talking today, actually. Yeah, you know? we're going to be uh, delving into this topic. I guess uh, we've called it the touched. But um, we're going to be talking about uh, who God is today. Um, before we get on to that, we've got our show number, 0488880891. We will have a book offer later in the program. We're going to ask you some questions. We'd love to hear from you today. So that number is the number to get in touch with us on. That's 0488880891. So we'd love to hear from you today. 
Um, how would you like to start us off today, Daniel? Yeah, well, I had a good good time last week talking to you about the word, and I'm hoping today too that we can we can get into this idea of of the touched, because I think that's something that we have a deep desire within all of us uh, to be touched by the divine. Uh, so, would you like to pray for us as we start? Would that be sure. okay? Yeah, yeah. thanks. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today as we uh, open your word, as we read these verses out of Scripture. We ask that you give us an understanding of who you are. And uh, we pray that you are with us as we do this. In your name, amen. 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 <laughs> well, I remember when I was a kid, I was sort of watching TV, flipping through the channels, and uh, and a show came on the TV uh, that was a... Um, it was from the United Kingdom called Monty Python. Have you ever heard of that before? I've heard of it. I haven't watched much of it, but uh, I have heard of it. Yeah, well, I watched it for a little bit as a kid, and I was just watching the, the show. And suddenly, in the midst of the of the of the this show, I don't know if it was a movie or a TV episode or what, uh, there was a dramatic sort of capricious act that happened and then it was shown that it was God that had done this and it cut away to this animated God that was sort of stepping in and and um, I guess uh, sort of ending the situation in a, in a strange way and this God um, had a like a big beard he was sitting up in a cloud mm. had a big beard he had a frown on his face very angry kind of capricious looking fella had like a papal crown on his head just really a ridiculous kind of um, ca- uh, mis- what should Car- I say caricature yeah, caricature yeah, of uh, of of God, and uh, absolutely ridiculous, actually. And anyway, I thought, well, as a, as a kid that was being brought up in a in a home of, of faith where faith was important, I couldn't really understand the image. It didn't make any sense. Like just, and I, as a kid, I wasn't really interested in what was going, on, so I kept flipping through. Um, but what's funny is that um, since I've been grown, I've had lots of conversations with people that don't have a faith background, mm. and uh, what I've learned is that they're idea of God, like when I say the word God, what the picture that they see in their head is very different to what I see. Mm. And quite often it's something like the Monty Python God. Right. Yeah, like this caricature, this stupid sort of picture of a of um, somebody that, that really is, is a difficult idea to believe and uh, and doesn't encapsulate <laughs> the ideas and the truths about, about God that arise from the scripture. And uh, so one of the things that I like to, uh, to do sometimes when I'm spending time with young people is to ask them, when I say the word God, what do you think of? Yeah. And, like, I'll ask them that. And I, I like to draw. Like, I, I'm a sort of a little bit of an amateur cartoonist myself. You know, I'm not very good, but anyway, I like doing that. And so what I like to do is have a whiteboard, and I might ask people, okay, well, tell me, what do you see? In, when I say the word God, what picture do you see in, in your head? And so someone will say, oh... Um, an old man with a beard. So I'll draw an old man with a beard. And then, you know, as we continue through that uh, that process, really something quite strange begins to emerge. I've got to the end of maybe about five or six minutes talking to young people about this, and I had an, had an image drawn on that whiteboard that was an old man with a beard and a robe who had four wings, who was carrying a spear, who had a halo, uh, who had uh, like was surrounded by fire and uh, had like five eyes like the, sometimes the pictures can get p- quite d- bizarre you know and I, and I realize you know when I say the word God I assume the person I'm talking to is thinking the same thing as I'm thinking yeah. which is the ideas that arise from scripture mm. but Sometimes they have very, very different ideas, and that can affect the whole way that they relate to God, whether or not they believe that God is even a, a, a concept that's worth even thinking about. Mm. And because, it, because if they've got a, um, an unscriptural idea of God, then it's just going to uh, appear to be a stupid uh, proposition. 
And so no wonder when people have such bizarre ideas and pictures in their heads, it totally makes sense that they wouldn't believe in, in him. And of, and, of course, that that picture of God that many have is perhaps the reason why they don't believe in him because they've got this picture of God which is something that they would not want to believe in. Not you know, not like just a, wouldn't want to, but just couldn't. Like, couldn't just do doesn't it. make any sense, yeah. you know. It's not rational. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and so it's so important to base our ideas, the definition of the word, you know, on um, on what what we're actually proposing when we open the Scripture. Mm. Yeah. So we need to dig into that and, mm. and see what the Scriptures actually say about mm. who God is. We mm. do. And look, I believe we can learn something about God actually by looking within ourselves mm-hmm. because uh, – if we look within ourselves as a human experience, I believe that um, all of us have a desire within our hearts to be touched by another. And I don't mean physically, I mean emotionally. You know, people, one of the biggest problems we had in the, during the COVID lockdowns was loneliness. Mm. You know, people longed for human contact, mm. you know, and we have a desire within ourselves for relationship. And it can be very, very, very hard. And, you know, as I'm saying to this, something's coming to my mind. A a few weeks ago, I was um, traveling around and I happened to meet one of our listeners. And she was an older lady. And she said, uh, you know what, I so love to listen to to you guys every morning because it feels like there's someone, there's no one that really comes and talks to me. Mm. But when I listen to you guys, I feel like, you know, you're in the room with me having a conversation. Mm. And so if you're out there, I want you to know that we do care about you and I hope that you'll be able to make contact with us. But um, th- this idea, this long longing for relationship, this longing for contact, this longing for connection, I think that that actually tells us something fundamentally about our Father in Heaven. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to be going through today. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So the the question is, what is God? You know, what is He? What are, what are we actually talking about? What does the Scripture say about this idea of of uh, a divine being? Mm. So first of all, we find our first little clue is in uh, John chapter four, verse twenty four. And uh, maybe you can read that out for us, please. Yeah, uh, this is the New International Version, and it says, God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Awesome. So this is a fundamental, basic idea about what we call theology, and that is that God is spirit. Uh, It's something that... So it's not a physical thing that we can touch and, and uh, you know, visually see. Absolutely. And look, this is one of the great mysteries of the Christian religion that, that makes it different from every other concept of, of religion in, or of spirituality in the world in that the Christian religion actually teaches that at one point in history, the spirit, the being that is spirit, became flesh. And that's basically our idea of what Jesus is. But uh, but the the concept of God's self, God is spirit. God is is source. He's and so he's both outside and fundamentally inside the normal world that we experience. Mm. You know, so he's uh, he he predates it. He pre uh, he um he uh, he's preexistent to the universe. He's outside of it, but at the same time, he is is imminent. The, not imminent with an I, but immanent with an A, which means he's right here with us mm. at all times. Yeah, so he is spirit. And uh, and he can be encountered uh, by us uh, longing to uh, to encounter spirit. So that's uh, the first little clue that we get about him. It also tells us that if we're going to c- grapple with this concept, we do have to um, we do have to entertain the idea of the possibility of a realm outside that which we normally experience, what we call the supernatural. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was uh, putting me onto the thought of you know the fact that science likes to 
observe the physical, although there's a lot of science that seems to be theoretical as well mm. you know, in terms of the theories of. But um, science likes to observe uh, the the physical reality, but God is outside of that in, in, in the context of how we understand the matter of the world and all that sort of thing. And yet there's mm. two supernatural events that every single person in this world believes in. And that is the origin of the universe and the origin of life. And mm. neither of those things, it, despite the myriad attempts to explain it by natural causes, uh, that you know, neither of those things can be rationally explained. Mm. Um, you know that um, by by natural processes that we're aware of. Yeah. We need to go to a break, and uh, as we do, we're going to ask you this question: What kinds of words and ideas come to your mind when you think of the idea of God? We'd love to hear from you today. Tell us what you think. What comes to mind? 0488 is the number to get us on. This is Who Is This Jesus by Caroline Cobb. I saw his face shine like the sun on the mountainside. Elijah and Moses were there, pale in his glorious light. voice came like thunder and I trembled all over said this my beloved child who is this Jesus but the son of God I saw him walk on the waves I saw him still the storm I saw the demons afraid, but the children safe in his arms. He said, Lazarus, rise up, wake from your sleep, and his dead heart started to beat. Who is this Jesus but the Son of God? Jesus, who is this Jesus but the Son? 
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Mateo on the topic of The Touched and as Daniel scrabbles to put his uh, headphones back on <laughs> I'm back <laughs> You're back <laughs> I got twisted up <laughs> um, So we asked you a question before the break What kinds of words and ideas come to your mind when you think of the idea of God? We'd love to hear from you today do text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now I'm just going to mention this now that the next few points that we're going to be talking about are, are key uh, points to, um, I guess, characteristics of God. And later in the program, we're going to ask you a question about this. So please uh, take note. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in the last section, we, we talked about the fact that a lot of people have in their heads an idea, ideas and pictures of, of God that really aren't accurate. And a lot of times when someone says that they don't believe in God, I want to ask the question, like, what God don't you believe in? Mm. Tell me about that God. I mm. want to understand how you see God because, I, you know, I believe that the majority of people that say that, I, well, that's just a stupid idea. I could never even believe it. They don't have a biblical conception of what that word means. Mm. So um, after that, we uh, we talked about the fact that uh, in John, Jesus uh, says God is spirit, and uh, and now we're going to talk about uh, what what are known as the three uh, fundamental characteristics of uh, of the divine. So the first one uh, we find in Colossians chapter two, verse two and three. Would you like to read that for us, please? My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Beautiful. Lovely um, lovely little uh, passage there. Mm. But what it says about God, I'm not interested in so much about what uh, the... Uh, what Paul's prayer for the Colossians was today, although those are nice words. Mm. But what does it say about God? It says of God that in him are, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so the teaching of Scripture is that God is what we call omniscient or omniscient or whatever. Science Om- omniscient is, is omniscient the, is the, the way, way that you say, say it. it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm breaking it down yeah. so that I can explain the meaning of the word. But yeah, that's the word, omni- omniscient. So it means um, with all knowledge, is You it got right? it. Omni means all. Uh, science, you know, is, is knowledge and study and understanding the, the world. So so if somebody has all science, if, they, if they're omniscient, then they have all knowledge. Mm. Okay, so this is uh, what we believe about God, that he has... We're dealing with the proposition now of an infinite mind. Mm. And and that is something for us to get our heads around. And, and by the way, a difficult thing for us to grapple with, because for the most part as human beings, we have a tendency to judge 
judge God by what we would do if he were, we were in his circumstance and situation. Mm. And uh, one of the things that annoys me the most, or well, not now, annoyed me the most when I was in the army was uh, running into armchair generals. See, I would, uh, you know, meet somebody and, uh, you know, shake their hand and, you know, we'd have pl- exchange pleasantries and they'd ask, well, wh- what do you do? And I would say, well, I'm in the army. And then I get all of their commentary of, you know, how the government should be acting in this particular conflict or that particular conflict. So, and so, so by armchair general, you mean somebody who um, has watches the news, watches the news and thinks they know more than, yeah. But has, has never <laughs> never done anything practical or, or served in the, in the army. And, and beyond that, actually doesn't actually have the have the actual knowledge that they would need to see the, the thing about knowledge is that um uh, is that uh, we don't have much of it but mm. when we only have a small amount of it we don't realize how much we don't have we, we, we think we've got a lot but we <laughs> actually and, and i think that's true isn't it the more mm. we study the more we learn the more we realize and I, I mean i i've recognized this in my life i think that's what happens as you grow up you know when you get to about teenage years and you start to learn all of these amazing things you think you know everything you got it but then the more you learn the more you realize you don't know yeah and you know i as i'm a minister of religion and uh, you know it used to be my uh, a great internal uh, what's the word a great internal pastime of mine to to judge all of the pastors that i had to do with with all the things that i thought that they were doing wrong and that i could mm. do better if i was in their situation mm. until i got in their situation and i learned that it is easy to judge a leader it's very difficult to lead well mm. and uh, it's the same with those sorts of things you know you, you watch a few snippets on ukraine we we have no idea of this situation that's mm. going there mm. on there really no idea so um and the same with god too when we're dealing with the proposition of an infinite mind who is dealing with, you know, eight billion human beings? Who is guiding and directing history? Uh, who is pr- trying, it's seeking to preserve free will, uh, and and seeking to save as many as will listen? Absolutely. And and so when we sit back and we go, well, you know what? If I if I was God, I would just go dit, 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 and fix everything, and everything would be fine. Mm. In fact, um, I think, <laughs> funnily enough, a, a Jim Carrey movie addressed this just this issue. It's called uh, Bruce Almighty, and you know he tried to fix everything, but what he really did was just it was just focused on himself. And that's mm. really what what we are. We're self focused, and we only understand the limited amount that we understand. And just one thing that comes to mind. When when it comes to that, one of the criticisms or the reason why people don't believe in God is because they say, well, if God existed, there wouldn't be all this suffering. And mm. in essence, that's really saying, well, if I was God mm. and I had the power, I would do this. And yet haven't they haven't meditated on the implications of some of that. Mm. If I would prevent suffering. Okay. So is that, well, what about when I do something, you know, in my limited sphere that maybe I want to do, but that annoys or hurts my neighbor mm. in some way. Mm. Okay, so does, is God going have to actively prevent me from doing that? Mm. So I, then I become a slave, mm. right? And I have no, no, no agency, yeah. right? Okay. So, mm. so we, <laughs> the idea of I would do, the, if I was God, I would do this, that, and the other, we haven't comprehended or meditated on the idea of an infinite mind. Mm. And, and if... If we are really dealing with the proposition of an infinite mind, we ought to rationally expect he would do and not do a whole bunch of stuff that didn't make any sense to us. Exactly. Right? And so when we look and say, well, I don't understand why God doesn't just, Mm. well, that makes sense with the idea of an infinite mind because Mm. we wouldn't understand because, uh, you know, next to that, our our brains are very limited. So so that is the idea of omniscience. By the way, there's there's a couple more of the omnis that have to do with the characteristics of God. The second one is that God is omnipotent. 
omnipotent. And an example of this is this is all the way through the scripture, and particularly like Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But if you would like to read for me, please, Mark ten twenty seven. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible yeah. with God. And the context of that is that uh, who could be saved was the question. Um, it's talking about salvation, that's mm. right. But uh, but nevertheless, it's the articulation of a scriptural pr- truth, which is mm. that God is omnipotent, which is omni means all, as we said before, and potent means powerful or, you know, with great strength. So, so having all powerful or being all powerful or having all power means that you can do anything. Mm. And this is a characteristic that only God has. He's got the ability to create a universe. Ex nihilo is what we call it from nothing. Uh, he has got the uh, ability to interact uh, with all of us and, and answer our prayers uh, and uh, according to his will, and uh, and also to save. And this is really what Jesus is talking about. He's got the ability to save people that we would assume would be beyond saving. He is uh, is able to do the impossible. And that's a great encouragement to me. Sometimes I'm in a situation in my life where I'm really struggling and uh, I just have no idea what to do. But I love the old hymn, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't have to do it on my own. Mm. You know, I've got an omnipotent God uh, who longs to hold my hand and to help me through whatever I'm going through. And as we said before, we're, we're talking about an infinite mind, so his solution to my problem might not always be my solution. And that's one of the conf- conflicts that we have with God sometimes. Well, Lord, I prayed for you to do this, and instead you did that, and I'm not happy with you. Mm. Well, maybe if he's omniscient, he knows what's best. Maybe if he's omnip- omnipotent, he's best placed to be able to answer our prayers in a way that's what's best for us. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, so often that... Uh we want a God who does what we want. We, we want a God who will follow our instructions, <laughs> but we're not, we're not so keen on a God who has this ultimate wisdom and power uh, and doesn't always act in the way we want him to. Well, we want to create God in our image rather that's than it. be created in his. You know, That's, that's how, we, how we do things. And yeah. that's not how it is with God because we were created in his image. Okay, we're going to go to another break. Remember our question today. We'd love to hear from you. What kinds of words and ideas come to your mind when you think of the idea of God? Text us in your answer on 0488880891. This is Kemi Ogendi with Everything.
left to lose And yet I have everything Everything in you program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo on the series Facets of Faith and uh, today we've been talking about the topic of the touched but really that's uh, getting into who God is and how I guess he um, affects us, how he touches us. So we're going to continue that discussion. Um, and before the break, we were talking about two of the characteristics of God, om- the omniscience of God, that means all-knowing. All-knowing, that he knows everything, yeah. even the, our thoughts. Yeah. And uh, om- omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. He can do anything, yeah. That's and right. uh, we've got another omni that we're going to get into right now. In Psalm 139, verses 3 to 10, you want to read that for me, please? Very, very um, famous passage on this on this particular subject. Yeah, it says, You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Beautiful. And you can see there as uh, the psalmist sings to the Lord about the fact that God is always with him. We desert, We discern... That, uh, that this God that he's speaking to is omnipresent. Mm. We talked about omniscient. We talked about omnipotent. God is omnipresent, omni-all, present, you know, obviously your presence, your physical uh, manifestation in the world. Uh, so God is everywhere. Now, that's different to what some spiritual systems believe. Um, for example, anything that is a, a pantheistic um, 
approach to God uh, would teach that God is in everything. Mm. That's different. As Christians, we do not believe that God is in everything. God is not the universe. God created the universe. Mm. He is present, everywhere present in the universe, but he is not the universe. So if Mm. I pray to my chair, I'm not praying to God. I myself am not God. Some religions teach we're all part of God. Mm. No, no, no. God is separate to us, but at the same time, he's with us. So so people often, oh, you hear the phrase... You know, there's there's a bit of the divine in you. Uh, what what would that mean if there is an application of that in Christianity? What would that mean? Uh-huh. Okay, so th- there is a, an aspect of truth to that, just like all all spiritual tra- teaching has as an aspect of truth. In that, when we were created by God in His image, He um, in Genesis it says that He breathed into um, well our first parents, He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Mm. So uh, so there's an aspect that word. Breath uh, can also be translated sort of spirit or, um, yeah, like life force or essence. There's an aspect of God's self, his life, that he imparted uh, into, well, not just us, but all of all living things uh, that uh, we believe is the um, the reason why we're alive as opposed to not being alive. You know, that, yeah. that, that life, that inherent... Um, the power, life-giving power, is derived from God. And so there's a sense in which we're created in His image, we're created um, to be in relationship with Him and to be to live according to His purpose, and that we are quickened by His Spirit. And so for that reason, uh, there's a little divine in all of us. That's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, this concept of omnipresent um, is actually really critically important um, mm. in terms of, you know, if we pray to God, we don't, uh, as Christians, we don't have to go to a particular place where God is. I mm. mean, in the Old Testament, they used to go to the temple. Um, um, and yet there's lots of places in the Old Testament where they prayed not at the temple. That's right. Yeah. So, mm. um, but, uh, you know, yeah, today we don't have a temple that we go to, you know, to pray. And and, uh, and yet there are a lot of Christians that do, um, do associate geography with, uh, with God's presence, mm. and we have to be careful of that. For example, um, you know, I know some Christians that uh, you know they have a cross on their wall, and when they pray, they pray towards that cross, and they don't feel like they can pray unless they have a cross, you know, and mm. uh, because then God isn't listening or something. Mm. Um, that's not the Bible. That's not the teaching of the Bible about God's presence. That oh. He He doesn't dwell within holy spaces. We mm. we might create holy spaces in order to encounter Him. For example, a church building. You know, it's a special place that we might go in order to encounter encounter God and and other people that are um, that are believers of like mind. But when I go into the bush and I come before my God, He is there. Mm. And God is there when I kneel down mm. beside my bed, and He's actually with me all the time. Yeah, there's a verse that mm. comes to mind that says, "When you pray, go into your cupboard." Yeah, you're right. And so yeah, God Jesus, is yeah. God is even in the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> he's everywhere, and yeah. and so uh, you know, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm mm. with you. Isaiah forty one ten. Mm. That was, and then Matthew twenty eight. Jesus says, um, "Lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age." God is omnipresent. He's uh, uh, everywhere at once. And what that means is there's no way you can go to run away from him. Mm. And uh, Jonah learned that very well. Mm. He tried to get in a boat and run away from God. He, even after he was thrown off the boat and uh, sunk to the bottom of the ocean, God was still there with him. He was. And so that is the omnipresence of God. Okay, so what else do we find out about God in, in Scripture? Well, uh, another good point about it is in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. So critical aspect of our conception of God. It says, He is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. 
A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Okay, so another thing that we find out about God in Scripture is that he is good. Mm. He is good. And, and, and his ways are just. He's, now, he's fair. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and he's, he's ethically perfect, mm. uh, morally perfect. And this is one of the, what shall I say, the attacks that uh, Richard Dawkins, le- for example, an um, atheist author of the, uh, the God Delusion, levels against the God of Scripture. He says, well, he's absolutely immoral. When I read the Bible, I see God acting in immoral ways. But you know what? For those of us that read the Scripture and study it, I just want to let you know, we don't have time to go into it today, but I want you to know that there are, there are answers. There's ways of understanding and interpreting Scripture that helps us to deal with some of those tougher texts um, and uh, puts them in their historical context so that they can be understood. Mm. We understand about God that He is good, that He is perfect. In actual fact... Um, there's a whole science of this, uh, you know, this, the study of theodicy, which is figuring out how there can be a good, good God and yet there to be a bad world. Mm. But for me, Christian theology, the, the teaching of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, is the only system that actually adequately answers that question, those questions for me. And so, and maybe we'll talk, we'll we'll talk about that in a later program. In fact, I, we will actually. I've got it you know, in my head to talk about it in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and now there's a uh, an absolutely, and I was going to say something about that. You know that that assumption that God is good is so critical to to us as Christians, as followers of God, because when we face circumstances that don't seem good, if we start to doubt that God is good, then that can really shake us. But mm-hmm. whereas if we trust and believe that God is good, even when we're in difficult times or facing difficult circumstances, it can give us strength to actually you know, go through those events. Look, that's so key, and I really mm. appreciate you saying that because the majority of people that I've met that don't believe, well, that say that they're atheistic, let's say, say that they don't believe in God, aren't actually atheists. When I really drill down to it and I ask them about their life and I ask them about their experience, quite often it's not that they disbelieve in God, it's that they they hate him. Mm. It's It's that they have a sense that he's there, but they fundamentally disagree with something that he did or didn't do in their lives. There's some grief, some horrible pain, some sickness, some illness, something's happened, some bereavement, and as a result, they're angry, furious, in fact, at the God who they do believe in. And this is what motivates their hate, because really, uh, if someone's really going to be an honest, uh, you know, skeptic, they they would probably um, arrive at a position of agnosticism, because we really can't know for sure whether or not there's a God. So, an honest person would say, well, you know, I don't think there is, but I'm, I'm agnostic. But if you say, no, there is no God, that's a firm point of belief. I'm atheistic. That means that you've got a problem with him. Mm. <laughs> and, mm. uh, yeah, so, yeah, that is, um, that's, that's what I've found. So, understanding that God is good, you know, that God is good, um, it, it's got a way of, well, let me put it this way. Have you ever had somebody in your life that you love dearly? And then because of something that they did or didn't do, you be- you developed a deep sense of hatred or contempt towards them where you felt that they really betrayed you for not saying what they should have said, for not doing what they should have done, and that they really hurt you and you felt that they did it intentionally. Mm. Then later on down the track, you learned some more information that you didn't know before and you learn some context and, and you... You, you change your perspective. Completely change your perspective and you realize you were totally wrong and that they did everything right that they should have done. Mm. And you might have even apologized to that person. I think there's going to be a lot of moments like that in heaven. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for as, sure. As we come to understand God. Mm. Um, 
Let's just touch on our next one, which is uh, the verse from First John 4, which mm. talks about God as love. Yeah. It says, uh, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And we did have uh, Margie text in on this um, topic. It was, it was so relevant. So thanks, Margie, for texting in. We'll just share it there. She says, I see God as a love and gentleness, but upright and strong. I see him as a great guide, a wonderful example to humanity. He is like a parent holding a child's hand crossing a road when it's safe and when we obey him. He will save us from all danger when we heed his word. Mm. I do so look forward to the day we will see him and spend the the rest of our lives with him. So thank you for um, texting that in. We might uh, come back and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this topic of God is love. But uh, our book offer for today is called A God Named Desire. What if you're the object of an unstoppable love? And this is by Ty Gibson. We are creatures of intense desire. We emerge from the womb longing for touch and affection. Desire pulsates within us every waking moment for our lives. Of our lives. Our hearts are fueled by hungry yearnings for connection, for relationship, for a sense of belonging. We plunge into life, giving ourselves away to him or her, to this or that, drinking in every promise of fulfillment. And yet we always emerge from the quest for love, still feeling a persistent and insatiable desire for something more. A God-named desire is about that something more. That's our book giveaway today. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We want you to answer our question in order to get this book. We've got two copies of this book, but you need to answer the question. You need to send us in the three omni-characteristics of God that we talked about. So text us in the three omni-characteristics of God that we mentioned earlier in the program. And the first two in who uh, text in the three omni-characteristics we will uh, trigger the code for today and uh, send you this book. So please uh, do that. And uh, 0488880 is the number to... Uh, sorry, I missed the last three digits. 0488880891. Uh, the, uh, the, the, that's the number to text us in on the three omnis that um, we talked about earlier, which are fundamental characteristics of God. This is Same God by Hannah Kerr. The same God who makes the planet spin Tells the tide when it should rise Put the color in my eyes The same God who makes the seasons change Knows the number of the stars Every secret in my heart All my doubts All my questions And every fear I have about what might happen You're the same Freedom in 
And darkness is a light There's no reason I should hide All my doubts All my questions In every fear I have About what might happen You're the same God You're with me in the middle of it all God, you're catching every tear as it Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're finishing up our program with Daniel Mateo. And the title of today's program is The Touched. We're talking about God and uh, who God is, what He's like. And uh, earlier we asked you to text us in the three characteristics of God that we talked about. These are the omni characteristics. If you can text us in the three omni characteristics of God, um, to our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, you can claim one of two copies. One's already been given away. There's one copy left of our book for today, A God Named Desire. So text the three omnis to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Daniel, before the break, we're talking about God is love, and uh, we've got a couple more um, ideas here to cover. So, how would you like to uh, continue now? Mm. God is love. You know, we say it so many times sometimes as believers, we don't meditate upon it. But did you know for you and I, we could not make this statement of ourselves. Mm. We could say, Jason has love. We could say, Jason feels love. We could say, Jason chooses love. We could say, Jason acts in love. We can never accurately say, Jason is love, because that isn't what you are. Mm. Even though you're made in God's image, that is not what you are at a fundamental level. And yet, the gospel author uh, writes this letter, and John says, whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. That is what he is. Mm. Now, I don't even know what that means. I'll be honest with you. I've been meditating on, on this particular verse for, for years, and I, and I can't fully get my head around it. I've got a... I've got a picture that, I, or, an, or a point of imagination that I like to, um, I like to use to visualize it, and and the emotion and the feelings that I feel when I love somebody, I like to imagine that that is 
I guess, something of the, the makeup of God's self. But I can't really, really understand it. Except that Jesus gives us a hint in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Mm. And, uh, and that's my next point. Would you like to read that for me, please? It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. And so when Jesus told his disciples to go out and share the love of God with other people, he said, I want you to baptize them in the name. What name? The name of God. One name, by the way, the word is singular, name, one name. And then he mentions three persons. Hmm. And what I, what we grapple with as Christians is this idea that God in, him, in his very self is a relationship. Hmm. That is what he is. And, uh, you know, we have this idea of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, the, the church has, has used the word Trinity to describe it. However you understand it, there's a sense that God himself within God's self is is family, mm. is relationship, is connection. And so so this desire to be touched by the divine arises from the fact that we're created on we're created not to be alone. We're created to be in the center of a of a divine love that's been going on from everlasting and will go on for everlasting. And that is most clearly seen in our final point today. And that is that God is in fact self sacrifice. This arises from his love. Would you like to read for me today Romans chapter eight, verse thirty two, please? It says He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? You see, God is uh is fundamentally self sacrificial. And this is part of the reason why. We judge God for allowing some of the suffering to go on down here. But are we really <laughs> are we really not thinking that, that this hurts God? Are we not really not thinking that God doesn't long to stop suffering? But as we said earlier, you know, in order to stop some of the things that go on down here, he'd have to stop agency. He'd have to make us slaves. He'd have to present a, prevent us from being able to make choices because mm. we only notice the things that happen in this life that, that really cause some hurt or pain or discomfort to us. But God as perfection... As we talked about earlier, God as, as fundamentally good. He finds the majority of what we do every day, the things that we think are normal as being offensive as well. But because he loves us so much, what he did is he provided a way to redeem us to relationship with himself. And that is this great mystery that, uh, that God the Son becomes man and be- takes on human flesh and, uh, and takes the punishment uh, for our mistakes in order to give us an opportunity uh, to, be, uh, to, to be transformed into his image. And uh, <clears throat> this is something I think that Job struggled with, really. Mm. You know, as he was making his way through his spiritual experience, he was somebody actually that the, the text said didn't do anything outwardly wrong. In fact, he lived a per- pretty godly life. And when bad things started happening in his life, he began to get angry at God and going, God, why did you let these things happen to me? It's not fair. I haven't done anything wrong. I don't deserve this. And and then his friends came around and they're trying to explain to him, well, you know what? Even though you lived a good a good life on the outside, you must have been a hypocrite because otherwise God wouldn't be doing all these things to you. You know, you're definitely a bad guy. And he's going, I didn't. I swear I haven't done anything. And this goes on for ages. And then God shows up. And Job had a lot of things to say about his own righteousness and goodness. And, and he, got, he got a bit annoyed at God, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yeah, absolutely, you know. And, and, and God in his great mercy tolerates this, mm. you know. He, he, mm. wants, he wants to, to be with us and to have a relationship with us so, so dearly uh, that, he, uh, that he understands sometimes that we don't understand. But, you know, he didn't explain anything that had happened in the lead up. You know, there was a whole 
um, sort of battle with uh, with Satan that went on behind uh, the scenes. Behind the scenes, yeah. but he didn't explain any of that no. to Job at all. He just said, "Listen, where were you when I when you where were you when I created the foundations of the earth? Mm. You are a created being, and I'm God. Mm. And um, and there's a level at which you've got to just place some of these things in my hands." Mm. And Job says something really interesting. As soon as he has this encounter, it's what we call a theophany, an encounter with God. He says, I have heard with heard of you with the hearing of, of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. And so I, I abhor myself, he says, and I repent in dust and ashes. He thought he was pretty good before. He was defending himself. But when he got a conception of the perfection, the purity, the omniscience, the omnipotence, the, the power uh, of God, he said, you know what? You're righteous, I'm not. Yeah. You're God, I'm not. Mm. I surrender myself to you. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. that The story of Job gives me such a great um, understanding, I guess, of, of who God is and also what's going on behind the scenes mm. and the fact that uh, uh, he, he had a lot of trouble that he came across in his life, but um, he never gave up his trust and, and uh, faith in God. He got upset but he didn't uh, totally give up on God so absolutely um, that's the time to end our program today but uh, next week the healed is the topic and uh, you'll be back on Wednesday and we're delving into the nature of man that's right yeah awesome so uh, join us next Wednesday with Daniel and tomorrow we've got David Maxwell talking about the Gentiles this is on the series reflecting Jesus so do join us tomorrow as well um, now, I think we've still got one copy of the book to give away today. Do text us in the three omnis, the characteristics of God that we mentioned in the program today, to claim the free book. This is By His Wounds, and we do hope that today that God is with you wherever you are. He was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our sins. Punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. We are healed by Your sacrifice and the life that You gave. We are healed for You paid the price by Your grace. We are saved He was pierced for our transgressions And crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him And by His wounds By His wounds we are healed
He was crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him And by His wounds By His wounds we are healed By His wounds By His wounds Can wash away my sin Nothing but the blood of Jesus 